Sugar and Dread podcast, first name Sugar. Second name Dread. Yes, yo, we are yeah. back. Um, back, mm-hmm. but we never left in the building. Right. We've got a top five for you again this week. We have our top five kitchen utensils. And uh, we've also got some poems uh, uh-huh. from Roger Robinson and Isabella Borgson. Listing. Gabriel. Yeah. How is how is you keeping this morning? This you know, I'm I'm alright. I'm alright. It's a it's a bit grey. Um we've gone back to we've gone back to um the typical grey London London weather. Um yeah, we had snow last week. Um not even last week on Sunday, which you know how I feel about snow in it. Like when, when it's that blanket and everything is white and everything is quiet and everything is bright. I I like that. I like that a lot. I either want I either want snow cover or blue sky. Um, at the moment we have neither, and so it's it's a bit jarring because I'm like, okay, but like, can you at least if you're not gonna snow, can you at least give us some sun? Um, but if you're not gonna give us some sun, then like at least let us know we're inside winter. Well, um, but yeah, that's that's me in it. That's me. I love my I love my my weather extremes, which we are not getting today. Just overcast and dead and great but other than that though i'm cool i'm cool how are you yeah i saw like i turned around and looked out my window and saw snow and i legitimately screamed i was like ah but not like a oh my gosh yay scream no it was like a ah bruv what is going on this is disgusting um (sighs) i mean we should have had more to be honest, because no, 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 it's remove stop that immediately. I do not want more snow. Climate change is real. Climate change is real, fam. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, but this idea that we should have had more snow is is no, okay, no, right? I don't want that at all, okay. Yeah, oh, you dear. can sit inside just... and you can look out from the window and like, oh, it's cute. I will have to like resist the pesterations of my brother to go out and play with them in the snow. I don't want to play in the snow. I don't have gloves. I'm not trying to get my hands wet and cold. And then you have to come in and warm up. Ah, <laughs> uh, nah, I'm not about it. I don't want it. I don't. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. So I, okay. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um, <laughs> but aside from. Aside from the the disgusting weather, um, I've been cool. I've been chilled. Um, yeah, just reading, writing, and staying alive. Mm, mm. Reading, writing, and staying alive is what we want. Um, you know, and uh, we, 
in terms of your your writing, right? You're you're putting some writing out that we can read, so we can read your writing. Am I am I am I correct in in assuming that? Yes, you are correct. Um, Sugarshots.substack.com. Um, I have, I've been releasing. I've been releasing um, pieces. So there's there's mm. well, when this comes out, there will be three p three pieces up. Um, so there will be inaugural, um, which was my first post, which features mm. a short story called Swept Away. There will Lovely. be, um, persist will be up as well. Um, which mm-hmm. is just a little article about writing. And then there will be um, the piece that is dropping today, the day of recording, and um, will have dropped already and be out there whilst your ears is listening to this, um, mm-hmm. is a piece called Waffle, um, which features yes. a short story called A Relaxed Gathering of Line Managers. Um, we out here. We out That's here. Great. Um, that's great and you can subscribe and get get my sugar shots direct into your inbox mm-hmm. um yeah 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 um shall we get into our top five let's go let's go fantastic so the top five for this week is our top five kitchen utensils mm-hmm. um shout out to Maeve um mm for for this one um she was having a a discussion with her flatmates a while back influenced by our top five i think it was condiments and they ended up somehow they managed to get to top five kitchen utensils and so we here we mm. doing we doing top five kitchen utensils um i've got a few honorable mentions so i've got some honorable mentions mm-hmm. um honorable mention to oven gloves um yeah I know, I know all the Caribbean grandmothers out there don't actually use them, don't actually need them. But me, I have sensitive fingers and I use oven gloves because I'm not a madman, Nana. Um, <laughs> so shout out oven gloves. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to the whisk, you know, mm. like, you know, just shout out to the whisk, you know, you need to give you your respect and shout out to the fork as well. Because yeah. when there ain't no whisk, the fork is moving mad. Um, yes. The fork is just, you know, yeah, just yeah. just respect to the fork as well. Like, you can do a lot with a fork if you're skilled. It's um, true. Fantastic. Mm. So, in at number five, I have the Dutch pot. Now, Ooh. I, 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 like, I don't, I don't, I don't eat meat anymore um but the dutch pot is still is still an essential part of a um jamaican kitchen um it's 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 a cast iron pot Mm -hmm. um that's it it is um it's just brilliant like it's just it's just i don't know i think there's a certain a certain pizzazz that comes when when your food is 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 cooked in a Dutch pot. I don't I don't I can't I can't explain it. I can't I just feel it's an essential part of a kitchen. Um in at number four, I have a spatula. Um uh-huh. and I think I eat enough egg in it. And <laughs> 
trying to turn a, a, a fried egg without a spatula. Good luck, yeah? Good luck. And I like fried egg, okay? So I also like pancakes. Yes. And I like doing them American style. So I like to flip my pancakes. Good luck to you, innit? Trying to manoeuvre certain specific things without a spatula. So spatula is in at number four. In at number three, I have the frying pan. Because mm. why? How are you making your egg or your or your pancake without a frying pan? Okay? No. Get you a frying pan. Okay. I can tell you how. Get you a frying pan. <laughs> I mean, yes, you can technically do it in, in other pans, but yes. if you out here frying eggs in in just like a regular pan or pot, I don't know, man. There's just something bad vibes about that. I can't I can't explain it, but it's just bad vibes. Get you a frying pan, man. Um yeah. <laughs> In at number three, I've got the frying pan. Now, in at number two, I have a wooden spoon. Oi, listen. And the wooden spoon is just essential. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just... Just... How are you going to stir the pot if you ain't got a wooden spoon, B? How? How, Sway? Use a plastic one. (laughs) Plastic spoons are not... They're not levels to wooden spoons, okay? Not at all. They're not levels to wooden spoons. It's it's about the wooden spoon. Also, you were talking about climate change earlier, okay? Uh Yeah, we don't... We don't... All them plastic things there, yeah? Unless it's essential, Mm. we don't really... Not really in all that. So Mm -hmm. keep it with the wooden spoon, you see me? That's how we move. And in at number one, the most essential utensil that you can get in your kitchen is mm. a knife of course and and i think that's <laughs> that's it like what what are you what are you doing without a knife what Damn. are you cutting what are you chopping you you're not chopping nothing okay you're not cooking you, you don't have a knife you can't exactly how you how you how you how you chopping your onions what you ripping them with your hands huh <laughs> huh what are you doing ah! what are you doing what are you doing how you how how are you doing anything? How are you doing anything, okay, without a knife? Yeah? Uh, come on. Come on. I'm going to run my top five back. In at number five, I have a Dutch pot. In at number four, I've got spatula. In at number two, I've got a frying pan. Raw, my mouth is off. In at number three, I've got a frying pan. In at number two, I've got a wooden spoon. And in at number one, I have a knife. We love it. We love to see it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have many things in my honourable mentions. My word. So my honourable mentions are as follows. <clears throat> uh, the colander, uh, the sieve, the blender, oven gloves, spatula. And... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Blender? Yeah. That's not a kitchen utensil. Is is it is it not something that you use? No. So th- when I looked up the oh, that's definition an appliance. of okay, okay, no, 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 you're right, yeah. you're right. Still, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Okay, 
I mean, we can nix the blender, but we love, but we like his stocks. But you know, you're not, you're not a utensil, so you don't count. Um, oven gloves and there's and the force, you know, the four sided grater, you know, the you know, like the the grater. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, 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 cheese yeah. grater. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I say four sided because you get some where it's literally just the cheese. People who have one side, people who have one sided graters, they they don't really cook. That's not real. That's not real. <laughs> It's not real. Or yeah. they've got too much money because they can afford yeah. to have that greater and another greater. Whereas really you should just be having having your four sided greater. I don't make the rules, people. Okay. <laughs> I'm just telling you what makes sense. Oh dear. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so <clears throat> we are going in. And number five, I put can opener. Um and I put can opener at number five. Um because if you if you're using cans, you have to open them. Um, and I'm not gonna lie. First of all, I've used a manual can opener, as in not a manual, as in you click the thing and you wind it with your hand. No, 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 no. I mean the one that's shaped like a hook that you need to put on the edge of the thing and then press it into the to basically you're piercing the can open. <sighs> that Tom and Jerry can opener, I would. I, no, 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 never again. Number four is the chopping board. Um, you need a chopping board, man. Like, where where are you going to chop your things? Uh, especially a wooden chopping board. Plastic, I ain't really got time for you, but wood, wooden chopping board is where it's sat. You know, it's got the antimicrobial, it's got the, you know, all those things. Like, it's great. Um, you can prepare anything on that. You can, you can serve food on a wooden board like it's, it's great um anyway yes uh number three we have the pyrex dish whoever invented pyrex needs needs an award like we, we need to we need to have like a nobel prize for for for, the, for domestic um for domestic invention or something because boy like ah, the pyrex i love the pyrex my mom hates the pyrex she says Oh, but the Pyrex, you have to when you, when it comes to washing it and where did you use foil? And I'm like, no, foil is wasteful. Pyrex is the con you can it, the convection heating of the thing. It's so easy to wash. It's whatever anything I cook in a Pyrex is mm, delicious. We love it. Uh, number two, my number two is the wooden spoon. Everything Jeremiah said about the wooden spoon before, like the wood, it. I feel like it improves the taste of the food as well right especially if you're cooking like a sauce or a stew or something like it doesn't slap without the wooden spoon um boy and when you're when you're cooking so the best thing about cooking solo is you can taste the food from the wooden spoon right if, when you're cooking for yourself and I, when i tell you that is oh boy i feel thank you I for feel making like, that distinction yeah, because <laughs> cooking solo and cooking for yourself are two different things. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, cooking. <laughs> yeah, cooking solo is no one else. Can, no one can see me doing this. <laughs> <laughs> cooking for yourself is I'm the only one eating this food. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, tasting the food off the wooden spoon is great. Again, like. If you're if you're not using a wooden spoon, are you even a cook? Uh, uh, like of, of, on any level, I don't know for you to be honest. Uh, so my number one, um, I feel like this should have been obvious, right? But maybe it's only obvious to me. But the no, the number one is a knife, man. 
like a good you need a good shot if you have one good shot night right then you're you you can at least do things you know what i mean um yeah you you can't you're not cooking if you haven't got a knife um your your food doesn't slap if you're not using an ingredient that requires chopping whether we're talking garlic whether we're talking onions and yes i am a firm believer in cooking must be done savory cooking needs to have onions most of the time there are a few exceptions where you don't have to use onion but if you're not if you don't use onion or you can't cook with onion then you can't cook period um <laughs> hey, imagine being allergic to onions man ah uh, it's finished for you isn't it what can you it's actually nice. eat like grains and that no like, black houses yeah in- <laughs> it's, it's never safe it's just oh. never safe <laughs> it's not even it's not just black houses in there asian homes is done you like you, what can it's you just it's uh, just no ethnic food for you in it like just boiled potatoes and like cabbage it's ah oh, i'm sorry i'm really sorry um yeah <laughs> brexit and that <laughs> uh so my number five is the can opener uh number four chopping board number three the pyrex dish number two the wooden spoon and number one the knife shall we get into some poems yes let's do it poems 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 uh, lovely, jubbly. Um, my poem for some poems this week comes from Roger Robinson and it is called Fantastic. Grace. That year we danced to green bleeps on screen. My son had come early, just the one kg of him, all big head, bulging eyes and blue veins. On the ward I met Grace, a Jamaican senior nurse who sang pop songs on her shift like they were hymns. Your son feisty, you see him just a pull off the breeding mask. People spoke of her in half tones down these carbolic halls. Even the doctors gave way to her when it comes to putting a line into my son's nylon thread of a vein. She'd warned junior doctors with trembling hands. Me only letting you try twice. On her night shift, she pulls my son's incubator into her room, no matter the tangled confusion of wires and machine. When the consultant told my wife and I on morning rounds that he's not sure my son will live and if he lives he might never leave the hospital, she pulled us quickly aside. Him have no right to say that, just rasa. Another consultant tells the nurses to stop feeding a baby who will soon die and she commands her loyal nurses to feed him. No baby must dead with a hungry belly. And she'd sit in the dark rocking that well-fed baby held to her bosom, slowly humming the melody of Happy by Pharrell. And I think, if by some chance I'm not here and my son's life should flicker, then Grace, she should be the one. Mm. Um, that's uh, Grace by Roger Robinson. Mm, 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 mm. Please tell us why you read this poem, why you chose this poem, you know? Mad, this this poem gets to me like I'm like my eyes are welling up like as I'm reading I'm like finishing yeah. the poem, um, yeah, I it it oh yeah man it, it it um yeah it gets to me man like it it really it really gets to me um okay so for the listeners I 
I I butchered this poem like trying to read it it took me a number of takes to to get this poem down I, I struggled um with like the first the first five stanzas repeatedly um and and so in terms of like the rhythm of reading um like for myself personally um it wasn't like I just kind of read this through and even still when I get to the final two stanzas I'm like I'm welling up like and I'm 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 feeling choked and I think that speaks to um I think it speaks to to the power of the poem that um even with a stop start read for me personally um the thread of it lands and hits and I've read this poem a number of times before this as well mm. um and it still it still reaches me and touches me emotionally um I think there is excellent craft in this poem as well um I think the callback at the end is what really um slowly humming the melody of happy by Pharrell as a callback to um Grace singing pop songs on her shift like they were hymns and I think the way that you've got a baby held to the bosom being sung happy by Pharrell but happy by Pharrell isn't just a pop song it's a hymn um and Mm. I think the sort of the spirituality of that that is there and almost um there's something there's something Christ-like I feel like with Grace as well um and I think the way that she has her disciples when he talks about her loyal nurses and um, no baby must dead with a hungry belly. And just that idea of like, just this doesn't, there isn't logic here. So the logical thing um, would be to stop feeding the baby. Let's not waste these resources. The baby's going to die soon. But yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a humanity by grace and almost like, a and the way that she is able to kind of be um, that figure of resistance um, and that mm-hmm. figure of of love um, continuously and that she is going to be there with that baby no matter what um, yeah. and that idea. Um, and then I think because, yeah, because of that and so that when you're looking and Roger, the speaker behind this poem, um, he doesn't, really like this is about grace but the way that at the end well it's about grace and his son um but it's the way that at the end of it to be to be in a position where you're thinking about um if your son was to die that you would want that woman to be the one holding him is absolutely heartbreaking yeah um and it's there's so much there emotionally um but he he it it, that bit of the poem is just is just a little bit at the end and he gives the light of this whole poem to to grace and and to how beautiful she is and I think his decision to do that says so much about the beauty of grace in this moment because you you don't have to say much to understand like or to begin to try to understand or empathize with the position of your child's life being um being touch and go like mm. you don't have to have children to to know that that is is devastating do you know what i mean yeah. you don't 
that doesn't need to be explained um just for you to immediately um not understand but to immediately you're there if if that makes sense i'm not trying to sort of diminish the need to the emotional depth of that but i think just as a human being as soon as that is said it's 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 there and i think his decision to say what this woman meant to him in that moment and the way that he's done it on the page and the um the way that she protects she protects um his son um with you know not letting the junior doctors just like i'm only letting you try twice and then when the consultant comes and is like harsh to them she protects grace is the one that like protects them and is loving towards them and then also at the end when the consultant is feeding a different baby grace is the one that is is there and is looking after that baby and we see the beauty and the love of grace um and i think his there's something about his decision to do that um and to show that and to center her at this moment in time when he's clearly in um so much grief and this is also the first poem in the fifth section um so this poem opens up the fifth section of of the pamphlet and there's poems in here that sort of that deal with deal with that experience um and deal with deal with that that reality of of his son and um yeah and and that touch on that but he chooses to even open up this section with um grace and i think yeah i I just think it's a beautiful poem i've not really touched on maybe too many of the lines or 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 things like that but i i yeah i'm kind of i'm gonna stop now because i'm kind of going back and repeating over myself but i hope that my point is not too clumsily made no no it's not it's not i think um I think I think you I think you put it really I think you put it really beautifully. Um, when you mention the Christ-like quality of qualities, even of of grace, um, it kind of drew my attention to her to even her name, right? Um, mm-hmm. If yeah, I think I'm not someone who I'm not someone who believes every coincidence is just coincidence in it. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, assuming assuming Roger hasn't uh, given the nurse a different a different name um, for this poem, I don't. I think even even Grace as the name is is an interesting mm-hmm. isn't it is it's an interesting kind of point to note when you're when you're talking about her um, how the 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 yeah, I guess the 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 Christ the Christ like kind of like love and um like you know the care and the just the, the maternal kind of character of of this woman. But um yeah, yeah that was that was amazing. Uh, please tell us tell us the poem again, please. Yeah, um, I think. Sorry, yeah. So this is this that was um, Grace by Roger Robinson and it's from his uh yeah his T.S. Eliot prize winning um collection A Portable Paradise um and yeah man I don't know like we there's like love poems and like love poetry and whatever but I just feel like that's like I don't know man I feel like that's just like a beautiful love poem or like a, a poem that's so beautifully 
um, exemplifies what love is. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. In its in its in its in its centering of grace, um, but also in the actions of grace. Um, yeah, I think it's beautiful. That's Grace by Roger Robinson. Mm. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the poem I'm going to be reading is is called um, In a Room of Climate Change Activists um, by Isabella Wolfson. <clears throat> My family drowns again on a microphone for strangers gnarled white hands grab everywhere we'll put you before the money pitch on a microphone for strangers i become expert of a tongue i do not speak we'll put you before the money pitch tell them how your mom almost died i became expert of a tongue i do not speak my gnarled white hands grab everywhere i tell them how my mom almost died and my family drowns again and that is In a Room of Climate Change Activists uh, by Isabella Borgson. Mm. Um, why did you choose that poem? Mm. Um, so, um, again, the, the title, I think for me, the title, if you've been listening to this, um, welcome new listeners. Um, if this is your first episode, you're more than welcome. Uh, welcome to the Sugar and Dread podcast. Hope you're loving it. Um, listen back to our previous episodes, subscribe to the pod, uh, follow us, etc. Um, but yeah, um, I think if you've been listening to, to this podcast, um, for more than three episodes, <laughs> I think you'll know, you'll, you'll know that like the title is often the first thing that grabs me about a poem. Um, and what I, what I thought was really interesting um, is first of all it's in it's in all lowercase which okay cool it's all in all lowercase fine but um it's in a room of climate change activists and climate change activists is in quotes um and so and so now when when i saw that i was like okay what's what's this all about that's intriguing um and i think there is yeah going it got read when you read the poem um it's a poem that you kind of have to read like a few a few times over because I think it can very easily kind of pass pass you by what's actually what's actually going on here um I'm really the, I thought the form was really interesting um the cyclical nature of the kind of like cyclical aspect of it um so the the second the second line of um of the stanza before is yeah. the first line of the following stanza and the final line of the stanza before is the third line of the following stanza thank you thank or you. you can say that the first um that the second line is the first line of the following stanza and the yeah. fourth line is the third line of the following stanza you see this is this, this is why this is why we have this is why this is why two is better than one in it this is why two pens is better than one just to add to the form thing um yeah no lines are wasted here so yeah the yeah. first line of the first of the first stanza is is the last line of the poem or is mm -hmm. incorporated is the last line of the poem um, and yeah the third line is also the second line of the last line of is also the second line of the final stanza mm -hmm. and um so the final stanza is made up completely of 
or is is made up or so is basically the same as lines that have come before it mm-hmm. or uh, a slight kind of there's a slight change in the way yeah. that it's said but it's made up of most of the words in a line that's come before it um yes i want to know what the name of this form is yeah yeah i feel i feel like there is a name for it um but i can't remember yeah. and because I, I feel like i've seen this form or a similar form um before but i can't remember what i can't remember what the name is and it's it's itching my body you you said it you said it very succinctly not a single line of this poem is wasted right and it ah, boy i think uh climate change is all is often presented as something that's happening in the future we talk about oh well the the generation after us is going to this and this and this and but what this poem really communicates is this the impact of climate change is happening already um sea levels have already started rising the climate has the climate has already um destroying the um pre-existing is it is it is it ecosystems weather cycles what like all this extreme weather that's happening in you know um na- and, uh, nations or places places that are within the tropics or in the global south and island nations and the impact is already felt right is already being felt by climate change uh, but for us because we're safely in in the west um where it's already cold and so oh, climate change just means we don't get we don't get as much snow this year and our summers are a little bit hotter um the the um the impact is the impact and the urgency of it is kind of ignored or sidelined or it's turned into something that we'll deal with later um forgetting that there are actual human that there are actual human populations on the planet who are suffering the effects already mm-hmm. who did not who didn't do anything to contribute who didn't do much to contribute to uh you know the the climate crisis in the first place and mm-hmm. you know and therefore putting the climate change activists in quotes it, it you know it's it, it's ah I, I i don't i don't know i don't i haven't got the word to disc- to describe the the feeling immediately maybe it'll, maybe it'll come to me but it's it really it highlights the just the foolishness of the way this whole discourse is being played out is seen as something is seen as a as an activism issue it's seen as a as a as a issue of a, if you're a liberal or if you're a this or if you're a that whereas the climate doesn't care what where on the political spectrum you fall what this poem communicates is the maybe maybe i'm now like reading onto the poem now but there's an element of virtue signaling that comes into these discussions whereas like the speaker in this poem is from a community where like you know her her family or should i say their family drowns again um on a mic on a microphone of strangers um gnarled white hands grab everywhere and i th- what even just the image of gnarled, gnarled white hands it's it's there's yes there's the gripping the mic um tight such that um such that the the knuckles have gone white right but i want but then the gnarled white hands i'm also thinking of the of um of well the hands of caucasians right um and just the, the, i've just got the image of kind of grasping and clawing and the set the there is the corporate there's the corporate greed that has led that has led to the abuse of the climate um and the abuse of the natural resources that has contributed to cl- um the climate crisis but then there's also but that's not what's being talked about here what's being talked about here is being in a room of climate change activists and so there's an element to which the stories of or the lives of the people who 
are being affected by this are being used as fodder and being exploited and are being stripped in order to essentially the speaker is being made to relive the trauma of their family dying on a microphone on a microphone for strangers in a room of strangers um Mm -hmm. and then you know the we'll put you before the book we'll put you before the money pitch right as as though like you are being used to like okay yes we'll, we'll, we'll put you first so that when we then get to the money pitch um you so you can help us bring you can basically manipulate these donors or the people that we're lobbying into contributing money towards our cause but then who's yeah and the power dynamics even in the whole climate discussion um is very very present here it's mm-hmm. yeah another thing i really love about this poem is even this even though it's not a line is wasted and it's still using the same lines you really get a sense of the chronology of um the events that are happening in the poem and so uh my family drums again on a microphone for strangers gnarled white hands grab everywhere we'll put you before the money pitch in the in the second stanza i become an expert of a i become expert of a tongue i do not speak right and so there is all of the okay so there's like a there's like a double thing going on there right there's also there is you know someone who is from a community who is from a community in the world affected affected by um suffering the effects of climate change now um in um perhaps i don't know why i think of the, why i'm thinking of the south bank center sorry south bank center but i'm thinking but in my head this is taking place in the <laughs> you know in the green bar <laughs> oh, okay. um yeah 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 um but basically in a corporate in a corporate glass panel room is the image i've got in my head in front of in front of these donors um or in front of these people who are trying to lobby or in a room full of these activists right you're basically having to use language that isn't yours because you're using their language to speak about what you are currently experiencing and you know the your and the family drowning again and there's this and there's there's a real kind of i think of the 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 difference in the power dynamic again in the room um you're having to you're having to adopt their language which you do not speak not necessarily the english language but just the way that these things are being articulated one's having to talk in terms of um i'm not i'm not a climate change activist in it man's not in the room with these people but like having to talk in terms of like emissions and all of these you know whatever um i really really love how the third stanza in some ways kind of mirrors the first one um especially when it ends on and my family drowns again um Mm -hmm. The, and um yeah i told them how my mom almost died uh my now i'm basically reading from from down up uh my gnarled white hands grab every aha uh-huh, so the gnarled white hands in the last stanza become the gnarled white hands of the of the speaker right um uh just yeah i think there is it's what's happening in the last stanza is there's both a sense of being in the room and you know we're now at the point where they're giving the pitch um sorry where they're um speaking in front of the people but then the way it's also phrased and just the inclusion of my and um just the inclusion of the ampersand um in the in the last line of my family drowns again it's it's ta- takes it's kind of taking you back to the moment where there was i'm assuming it's a flood right where the fam where the family's drowning um 
and just the and I told my I told how I, I told them how my mom almost died and my family drowns again. Um, in the telling of the story, it is happening again. Um, mm-hmm. and I wonder if there is, and I wonder if the speakers also, um, highlighting how talking about these things in a room, um, is almost a waste of time because the mother drowning, the family drowning, the mom almost dying is ha- is currently happening um in other parts of the world and it's currently happening now um yeah but you you know what i mean but you're kind of in a room talking basically asking white people to give you to, or rich people to give you money um to what to activize like <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. um yeah 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 I think just as so that we can regain some credibility as a poetry podcast, um, <laughs> the name of this form is a pantoum. So yeah, it is okay, a yeah, three, you. it's a, it's a three stanza pantoum. I kept, I had Villanelle in my head, but I knew it was wrong. Um, yeah. And so with a few quick Googles, I found, yes, that this is a pantoum. Um, and I think uh, just as like a closing point, um, mm. I, I would just say, um, I tell them how my mom almost died and my family drowns again. I think there's also mm. something here that is speaking to, um, to the relationship that that sh- that there is to trauma, um, and mm. a traumatic experience, and then how, um, having to talk about those things is is, um, not here, not not maybe not just a reliving mm. of it, but yeah. a a re like actually making it happen again um yes. and i think that is something that is quite um i don't know i think there's there's talk of um being careful or not wanting to make people have to relive trauma um and there's a discussion there but it, it's it's different in the way that um they've decided to do it here in that it feels like this talking about what has happened um is is more than that it's 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 almost as though making this whole event like it, it's as though it's making the thing um happen again um yes. and i think that is um and then when you look at kind of the reason why this is happening it makes it more um i guess more harrowing um mm-hmm. Mm. for for perhaps want of a better word um yeah but yeah what what poem is this Mm. this is in a room of quote unquote climate change activists uh by isabella borgson lovely um yo so that is the podcast we gave you our top five kitchen utensils uh i read grace by roger robinson and gabriel read in a room of quote-unquote climate change activists by Isabella Morgson. Yes, yes, yes. The music that you're listening to in the background is by Gabriel P. Jones. Follow us on Twitter at Sugar sugar and Dread. Uh, Leave a like and subscribe. Well, leave a review and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Um, We out here, we out here, we out here. Um, Yeah. And oh yeah, I sign up to Sugar Shots, man. Yeah, yeah, do that as well. Um, Yo, we'll be back with you next Monday. Inside.
Bye. 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 Bye.